Do you want a true champion's perspective? Well, come on over to the Bolts broadcast, where we talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning, have some friendly banter, and of course, hockey name of the day. If you pronounce it, you can get it. Anthony Nunschwander. Ah, you didn't pronounce it right. Anthony? Anthony Nunschwander. It's, it's N-E-U-E-N. It's Neuenschwander. Anthony Neuenschwander. Dude, I always slept in German class, so I don't know... I don't know how you expected me to put that together. Come on. You only took it for four years. I took it for two. Took it for two years? Oh, no. Jay don't yeah. took it that long. I, I took it for two years and was, like, asleep in all of German, too. Oh, you, you, you only took it in, in uh, junior high. You didn't take yeah. it in high school at all. No. Yeah, she sent us across the hallway, and it was, like, me... And I don't know five other people, and all we did was just goof off because it was an empty room of just us. While she was too busy yelling at you guys because you guys were a terrible class. <laughs> no, uh, we weren't a terrible class. A couple people were terrible people. Uh, not gonna you. mention names. Not gonna call it anybody in this pod. It was Chase Crawshaw. It was hundred <laughs> percent not me. Oh boy, I know a couple of those names, but uh, yeah, it's a good point, Chase. We won't mention those here. New episodes every Monday. Only on the Hockey Podcast Network. You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contest with huge cash prizes up for grabs. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get in on all of the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app now and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Welcome to New York. This is is the Devil's Devil's State of Mind Mind Podcast, Podcast. brought to you by the Hockey Hockey Podcast Podcast Network. Network. Now here's your host, host, Neil Villapiano! going on devils fans it is again your host the lovely neil villa piano and welcome to another edition of the devil's state of mind podcast right here exclusively on the hockey podcast network the best place as always to get the most up-to-date news topics discussions and so much more about your new jersey devils thank you guys as always for taking some time out of your day to check these episodes out. I greatly appreciate it. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day, and I hope you're just as excited as I am to check out 
this episode and listen in because we have a bunch to get to. The first thing we're going to discuss today is we're going to talk about two Devils players that were re-signed in the past week. I was going to talk about one of them in the previous episode, but obviously with, um, you know, the tragedy that happened with the Columbus Blue Jackets organization, and you guys already know by now, um, I decided to do an episode on that. So now we're kind of, I guess you could say back to your regularly scheduled programming, but, you know, um, Matisse is definitely not going to be forgotten anytime soon. Um, and again, uh, we wish nothing but love and prayers uh, from the Hockey Podcast Network to the Columbus Blue Jackets organization and everyone involved on that terrible tragedy we, ha- we had just uh, just last week. And it's crazy to think about how Matisse was still alive um, this time last week. And little did we know that that was going to be the final day that he would be on this planet. And and it's just a horrible thing, horrible, horrible thing. And again, thoughts and prayers out to his family, but we have some news to talk about. Like I mentioned with the devils, Um, there's one trade rumor that I want to discuss and I discussed it on social media and I'll discuss it here and I'll make my case as to why, why not we should go after this person. And then we're going to finish with continuing on with our potential trade targets this day we are going to be talking about the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Dallas Stars. And again, it was tough to get, you know, three players from each team. I ended up getting three players combined from the two teams. So it'll it'll be a little less, but you're going to have to understand that, you know, some of these teams, it's just going to be a little bit harder, at least right now, to, you know, think about making trades. But we still found some good value nonetheless. So we have a bunch to get to today. So let's not waste any more time. And drop the puck. So we're going to start with the news that we got this past week. We got two pretty, I wouldn't necessarily say they were like big news, but they were obviously news that Devils fans were kind of expecting to hear at some point because the Devils do have some UFA, RFA signings. And and I didn't, I totally expected the Devils to bring back some of these guys um, considering their performances. And the first one that we got was announced back on Tuesday the 6th when the Devils announced they had re-signed backup goaltender Scott Wedgwood to a one-year two-way contract, which is worth $825,000 at the NHL level, and it will be $375,000 at the AHL level. So if any time Scott Wedgwood is playing down in the minors, he's making $375,000. Unless, you know, but if he's playing the NHL, it's $825,000. This past year, Wedgwood posted a... I mean, I don't know if you want to call it disappointing, but a relatively expected 3-8-3 and three record in 16 games. Uh, 15 of those were starts with the Devils, and he posted a 3.11 goals against average and an exact 900 save percentage and a career high with two shutouts. I believe his first was against the New York Islanders at home. And then he, and basically what I would say, his biggest moment of the season last year was the impressive 40-save shutout versus the Boston Bruins in Boston. One of one of two shutouts in Boston that we had this year. So that was kind of the big thing for Scott Wedgwood. He was also the Devils' 2021 nominee for the Bill Masterton Memorial Trophy as selected by the New Jersey members of the Professional Hockey Writers Association. And in the three-year in the three years that Scott Woodwood has been playing in the NHL, he has posted a 10-18-8 record in 40 career games. 36 of those are starts with a career 3.07 goals against average and a career 0.902 save percentage with four shutouts. 
He spent the 1920 season with the Syracuse AHL, um, the Syracuse Crunch of the American Hockey League, which is the American Hockey League team affiliate of the now two-time defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning, where he served as third goalie for the Lightning when they won the Stanley Cup. I don't, I really honestly don't know off the top of my head whether or not his name is on the cup. I would imagine that it probably is. So, I mean, technically he is a Stanley Cup champion, if you want to put it. Um, and just a side note, uh, I do believe that, yes, this is the first episode that I can say this. Congratulations again to the Tampa Bay Lightning on winning the Stanley Cup for the second year in a row, the first team since the 16-17 Pittsburgh Penguins to win back-to-back Stanley Cups. And you got some former Devils, you know, with the Tampa Lightning. Obviously, the first one is Blake Coleman. You know, since being traded from New Jersey to Tampa, he has won two Stanley Cups, and he is definitely going to get himself a pretty nice payday. And I do believe that the Devils should definitely go after him. Um, But in terms of would he want to come back to New Jersey, considering where we are, it might not necessarily be that big of, um, might not be that exciting for him. But you never know. You never know. Um, You also got former Devil. And yeah, he was only with the team for like a quarter of the season. And when we got to the playoffs, but that's Pat Maroon, who has won not one, not two, but now three Stanley Cups in a row dating back to 2019 when he won Stanley Cup for his hometown team, the St. Louis Blues. Now he's won back-to-back Stanley Cup. So it's basically like you sign Pat Maroon, you win a Stanley Cup, unless you're the Devils. In that case, you get knocked out in five games. But sometimes guys have all the luck. And also, and I don't think a lot of Devils fans actually realize this, but Freddie Clayson, who played for the Devils for a little bit when he was acquired in the trade with Yanni Kwokinen, um, he actually was on the team as well. I think he only played like two games this season with the Tampa Bay Lightning, but he's a Stanley Cup champion now. So again, we have uh, we have some Stanley Cup champions uh, to to congratulate. So look, my opinion on the Tampa Bay Lightning is this: number one, I mean, you could say that they cheated, and I and I think that there is you know some substance to it, considering the fact that. Nikita Kucherov basically played, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning basically played well over the salary cap, but still you have to give credit where credit is due. This is a phenomenal team and they have been battle tested and they are being rewarded for the many years that they've gotten close and couldn't get over the hump and the embarrassment of two years ago, losing in the first round, getting swept in the first round by the Columbus Blue Jackets, and then, you know, winning the cup last year and winning the cup again this year. And yeah, you could also say, oh, they won in the bubble. Oh, they, you know, this was a shortened season. I get all that. But at the end of the day, it's still a legit Stanley Cup. They still had to go into the playoffs and do everything possible to win the Stanley Cup. And, you know, that's the thing. Now, as far as is this a, is this the new dynasty in the NHL? I think it's going to be tough to, tough to say that, especially during this offseason, unless somehow, once again, the Tampa Bay Lightning can find a way to keep, you know, a lot of their talent that they may have to move, you know, guys like Sergachev, even possibly, which is very unlikely, but it's still a possibility, you know, Braden Point. Um, I don't know how different the Lightning are going to be next year, but I wouldn't be surprised if they had to give up a couple of guys. But they're still going to be a very, very good team because they're still going to have the main core guys, Stamkos, Kucherov, Hedman, Vasilevsky. They're still going to have those guys. So the Lightning are still going to be one of the favorites to win the cup. And they will look to be the, I don't even, I don't even remember the last time we had a team that won three Stanley Cups in a row. I don't even know if we've had that in the history of the NHL, but we probably have. Wouldn't be surprised, especially when we had the original six 
would not have been surprised if it was like the Canadians or something like that, or even the Toronto Maple Leafs at some point. But that's besides the point. To finish this off real quick, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning on winning the Stanley Cup for the second year in a row. Now, back to Scott Wedgwood. Let's talk about this. I understand to an extent why some Devils fans were not thrilled about Scott Wedgwood coming back. I actually think it's not that bad of a thing because, again, I don't expect Scott Wedgwood to be coming back as the backup goaltender to Mackenzie Blackwood. No disrespect to Scott Wedgwood, but let's be honest. He wasn't, when he signed with the Devils last year, it was the same expectation. He wasn't expected to be the backup goaltender, but because of the situation with Corey Crawford deciding to retire in the middle of training camp, it kind of put all the plans the Devils had, you know, to kibosh. And, you know, basically Scott Wedgwood, along with, you know, Eric Comrie and also Aaron Dell, they had to play backup for with Blackwood. And that just, that was just never going to work because Scott Wedgwood for, you know, all the, all the promise that he had when he first came up in the league with the devils, he's just never been that, that really reliable backup goaltender. But if he's coming back to be the third string goaltender, not going to be mad because I do believe that he can still win us a couple of games. He did. And two of the three wins that he got this year were shutouts. So he can get going when he's got it. And look, again, we also have to look at this. If we're able to improve our defense, Scott Wedgwood could certainly do better than he did last year. But I'm almost certain that the Devils are going to be looking for a veteran backup goaltender that's a little bit more reliable. Guys like, you know, Peter Morazic, Pecorine, Guys like that, you know, I don't expect the Devils to be looking to do a 1A, 1B type of situation until, you know, one of the guys like, um, you know, Nico Dawes or somebody like that comes up and is ready to play, you know, a decent amount along with Mackenzie Blackwood. I think they're looking for a guy for a year or two that can help, you know, teach Blackwood how to get better and get himself going and mentor him. And I think that that's going to be the expectation and it should be the expectation for the Devils moving forward. But yes, yeah, Scott Wedgwood is here to basically be the third string goaltender and most likely be one of the guys possibly as a starter down with the Utica Comets. Um, that's going to be something to uh, pay attention to as well. Because, I mean, look, you got a guy like, um, you know, Cormier, you have Nico Dawes, you have some other guys like that in our system that are going to be playing a pretty decent amount of, um, you know, professional hockey and ECHL as well as the AHL. And, you know, to have a veteran goaltender in there, I think could help, you know, the young guys move along and maybe win some. And look, I, I'm pretty sure Scott Wedgwood would be able to have a decent amount of success playing in the American Hockey League. Um, but at the same time, you know, you do want to have at least a decent third string NHL goaltender. And Wedgwood has a decent amount of experience, albeit not great experience, but a decent amount. So at the end of the day, Devils fans, don't, don't look at this as, oh, the Devils are not going to sign a backup goaltender. The only time I'm going to be concerned is that if we go the whole offseason and nothing, and Scott Wedgwood is still the backup goaltender. Then I'll be like, okay, I don't know what's going on here. But I really can't see how Scott Wedgwood's going to end up being the backup goaltender once training camp begins and certainly when the season begins. Unless, you know, things happen like injuries or, God forbid, we really don't have, we don't end up signing or trading for a backup goaltender. So, look. Just relax, guys. I I'm pretty I'm 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 pretty happy to have Scott Wedgwood back. You know, just and also we get to keep the Woods uh, in line. You know, Blackwood Wood 
and Wedgwood. So, and, you know, my guy from Balcony Chatter Podcast, uh, and if you haven't checked that episode yet, go back and check that one out. I greatly appreciate Andrew McKinney. Great guy. He's definitely happy and, uh, you know, quote unquote, very happy to uh, have the woods back uh, in New Jersey, I guess you could say. So again, um, you know, Scott Wedgwood signed to a one-year two-way contract uh, worth basically $825,000 to return to the Devils uh, for the 2022, uh, 2021-22 season. And the other signing that we got was actually this Friday, uh, the 9th of July, when the Devils announced they had re-signed restricted free agent defenseman Jonas Siegenthaler to a two-year contract worth $2.25 million with an average annual value of $1.125 million. The breakdown is as follows. This upcoming year, uh, Siegenthal will earn just a little over $1 million. And then next year, 2020-23, he'll earn $1.2 million. Um, Honestly, not a bad signing whatsoever. He was acquired from the Capitals on April 11th, the trade deadline, uh, in exchange for Arizona's conditioned third-round pick in the 2021 NHL draft, which was previously acquired back in the Taylor Hall trade back on December 16th of 2019. Uh, he skated in just six games with New Jersey following the trade, missing time to due to being COVID-19 protocol. And prior to the trade, he had played in just seven games with the Capitals. Uh, this past year, he also played for Team Switzerland at the 2021 World Championships, along with his good friend and teammate and captain of the New Jersey Devils, Nico Hischier, where he skated in seven games. In 2019-2020, Siegenthaler posted two goals and seven assists for nine points with 43 penalty minutes and 64 games with the Capitals. He led the Caps in shorthanded time on ice average, about a little over three minutes, 3.11 to be exact. And he also skated in seven 2020 Stanley Cup playoff contests back in the bubble. So let's talk about Siegenthaler. Um, first of all, I remember when the Devils made the trade, it was kind of a surprise that they were trading for a player. Because I think the expectation was, and we ended up seeing, that the Dallas Devils were sellers at the deadline. Uh, that was pretty much the expectation. So when they acquired somebody, it was like, oh, that's interesting. And when I look at Siegenthaler, this is what I ended up getting. When I was talking to the Caps Chirp guys uh, podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network, go like and subscribe to them. They're they're phenomenal. They're absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, Hockey Troll and Polly Cupcakes, they are hilarious dudes. And if you despise Pittsburgh as much as them, uh, they are the podcast for you. So please go check them out as well. But I remember I was talking to them and also some, you know, Capitals fans. A lot of people said that they were really upset to see him go because, you know, being a young guy, being a really solid defenseman, he has a lot of potential. And the only problem for him in Washington was that because of where the team is and what they're trying to do with this core, he just couldn't fit in. And the fact that they ended up signing Zdeno Chara, that just put the Capitals in a situation where Siegenthaler just saw very little ice time. So the devil saw as an opportunity to trade for a guy who still has, you know, you know, work to do. And being a young guy, he could certainly fit in with this core. And also, obviously, we do need help on the defense and he can help us. And I remember watching him play with the devils. He's a pretty he's a pretty big guy, you know, not necessarily in stature, but like the way he plays, he's kind of big. And, you know, I, I really he didn't really do anything that would make me say like, oh, he's not that good. I think he's just a solid defenseman. 
maybe as like a second line, a second pairing, or even third pairing defenseman. Can't really complain. And I like him on the penalty kill, which, albeit our penalty kill wasn't really that good at all, but when it actually got the job done, Siegenthaler was one of the guys that helped out. And Nico Kishir has said nothing but really good things about Jonas Siegenthaler. He's a very competitive player. He's going to go out and do anything that the coaches ask for him. And from what Lindy Rupp said, he really liked Siegenthaler in the system. So if we're going to go off of you know, Lindy Ruff having guys that can really follow his system to a T. Siegenthaler is one of those players. And so when the Devils decided to bring him to resign him, I was like, no, that's 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 good. Now, does this mean that Siegenthaler is exempt from the expansion draft? The answer to that is no. Um, this might, for all we know, this could be a signing that basically makes him more enticing to the Seattle Kraken to maybe take him in the expansion draft. I honestly don't think he's going to end up being uh, unprotected. I do think he's going to be one of the guys protected by the Devils. But again, you never know. And we'll talk about that once the list comes out of who the Devils protected and who they did not. Um, and that's going to be something to uh, to definitely keep our eye on over the next week because, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are about a week and change away from this from the expansion draft. So it's going to be our first major thing that the devils are going to be involved in since the draft lottery. So that'll be something to keep in mind. But again, uh, I'm pretty much, I'm pretty much satisfied with devils bringing back both Wedgwood and Siegenthaler. Um, You know, particularly, I think I'm a little bit more, um, I guess you would say more okay with Siegenthaler because I thought he was pretty solid in just a little time that he played with the devils. And I'm looking forward to, if in fact, he does stay with the team after the expansion draft and is on the team next year. I'm looking forward to him continuing to gel with the rest of the team and moving forward from there. So again, the Devils uh, announced on Friday that they had re-signed restricted free agent defenseman Jonas Siegethaler to a two-year contract worth uh, $2.25 million to return to the Devils for the 2021-22 season and possibly the 2022-23 season. So now we're going to shift... Um, to the second part of this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. So we're going to be continuing on with our potential trade targets. And again, I just repeat this every time in case you're just jumping in in the middle of what we're doing. Basically, what we do is we go through every single team in the NHL and we would look for at least one and to the max three players that the Devils could that could be potential trade targets for the Devils to go out and acquire. And Look, it's not always going to be like big time names or anything like that. It's just going to have to be based off of the team that we're talking about and based off of the devil's needs. Um, And I try to be as realistic as I can. And sometimes I'm a little bit unrealistic. But again, you know what? There's nothing wrong with having a little bit of fun and going from there. Uh, And so this week or this episode, we are talking about the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Dallas Stars. The Blue Jackets, obviously, like we just talked about, are going through a very rough time right now, considering what happened with Batiste. And the the crazy thing is that if he was obviously still here, I would have put um, uh, Matisse on this list. I really would have, considering the fact that we were hearing before that he might have been the odd man out when it comes to the goalies, because we know the Blue Jackets have done a pretty bang up job with developing goaltenders. And considering that there's a, there would have been an opportunity to do that, you know, I think the Devils would have been one of those teams that maybe would have called Columbus. I don't know what's going to happen in the future with Corpusalo and Merzlikens. I think now 
as much as I hate to say this and I don't want to sound cruel or anything, but it almost seems like the problem was somewhat solved because of that, but I'm not going to continue on with that at all. But yeah, we're definitely not going to be talking about goaltending with the Columbus Blue Jackets. We would have obviously if, you know, dot, 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 but um, we have two players on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Well, one of them is definitely on the Blue Jackets. The other one is an RFA that, you know, we, we don't know. And, and that guy has been rumored with the Devils for several years now. And I know it's going to be me, you know, me banging, you know, beating a dead horse. But, you know, I don't care. I'm still going to go after it. The first guy is left winger slash center Max Domi. Five, five foot ten, 192 pounds. He is currently 26 years of age. In 2021, he played in 54 games, scoring nine goals and adding 15 assists for 24 points. In his NHL career, Max Domi has played in 429 games. He has scored 90 goals, 185 assists for 275 points. So that's a pretty good amount um, of traction in the NHL for somebody who is just reaching the prime of their career. Uh his current contract at the moment is a two-year, $10.6 million deal he signed with Columbus, including all of it being guaranteed. His annual average salary is $5.3 million. And in the upcoming 2021-22 season, Domi will earn a base salary of $6 million while carrying a cap hit of $5.3 million. He will be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the 2021-22 season. So when I look at Max Domi, first of all, it seemed like he, I don't want to say he overstayed his welcome in, in Montreal, but considering his relationship with Claude Julian, that pretty much to me was the reason that why the Montreal Canadiens uh, ended up moving on from him. And they ended up, the Canadians ended up acquiring Josh Anderson and signing him to a crazy contract, which, I mean, if he keeps playing the way he played this past year in the playoffs and the Stanley Cup Finals, might not be that bad of a contract, honestly, but, you know, look, the Canadians are a team on the rise and they had the money to give a guy like Josh Anderson that money and also to give money to Tyler Toffoli. And it'll be interesting to see what they do going into this offseason to try to help this team take the next step, which is basically to get, you know, back to the finals and win the cup. And that's going to be something that's going to be a main focus for Mark Bergevin and the, and the Montreal Canadiens moving forward but yeah you know Max Domi was traded to the Columbus Blue Jackets and from what I was told it seemed like he really kind of struggled to fit in he was a guy that would sometimes go from the second line to the third line and kind of go back and forth and just like a lot of players it seemed like he was also struggling to play under John Tortorella and I don't really know what the Columbus Blue Jackets um, value is for Max Domi at this point I mean I look at it this way Columbus is in a situation where they're going to probably end up trading Seth Jones um, this offseason. And that, to me, kind of is the signal that maybe they're in a rebuild now. I mean, it's really tough to say because they still have some good talent. Jack Roslevic, they still have Cam Atkinson, they still have Zach Marensky. They have a very good goaltending tandem. And they obviously still have, at least at the moment, the rights to Patrick Line trying to get a contract uh, with him. So it's kind of a it's kind of a thing, and they have a new head coach now who's kind of an unknown to outside of the you know to the rest of the NHL. But the Columbus Blue Jackets players, some of them at least, certainly seemed uh, pretty pretty happy and pretty much excited and optimistic about next season. But you know, if the Blue Jackets are looking to you know make a move or two to maybe free up some more cap space, maybe make it easier to sign Patrick Line, 
I think Max Domi could be somebody that the Devils could be looking for. Now, the reason that I brought him up is because here's why. Since he also can play center, I wouldn't be much against him being our third line center going into next season. And since the Devils need a third line center, would he technically be a veteran? Not really, but I think it would be a good, speedy, pretty decent scoring third line uh, centerman. Also could play on the left wing if we need help on the top six. He can fit into that. And I think fitting into a team that's a little bit more, that's a little bit younger and obviously has a little bit more scoring prowess, I think Max Domi could fit in. Particularly that since Lindy Ruff wants this team to be a fast team, I think Domi can bring that. He does have a lot of speed. Uh, fun fact, well, not really fun fact, but I actually found this out that Max Domi has type 1 diabetes. And I remember like the big thing when the bubble was going to happen was, was he going to be able to play? He ended up playing. Um, and even this year, you know, through COVID and everything, and, you know, nine goals, 15 assists, 24 points. I mean, he, from a points perspective, he kind of fits in with several of the other young players that we have on this team that finished with 20, almost 25 points. So, you know, like he would have fit in uh, pretty well. And I think he would fit in well with this team. Now, with regards to a mock trade, I kind of looked at the trade that the Canadians made to trade him and acquire, uh, I think it was like a third round pick. And also Josh Anderson, I look at it this way. I think the Devils could probably make a move for Domi without having to give up a prospect. Um, and so the way I had it is that the Devils received Max Domi in exchange for a 2021 fourth round pick and a 2022 fourth round pick, the one from the New York Islanders. Do I think that's a fair deal? Considering, you know, what the Blue Jackets gave up to acquire him, I tried to make it as, you know, similar to it as possible. The only difference was I didn't add a player. I just added another draft pick. And again, if the Blue Jackets want to move a player like that to maybe free up some more cap space to keep a guy like Line A and maybe, you know, make some other moves, I don't think that's necessarily a bad idea. And I look at it this way also. Let's say by all craziness that the, that the Toronto Maple Leafs are really thinking about trading Mitch Marner. The Columbus Blue Jackets could be one of those teams that could look at it and say, hey, let's try to get somebody to help complement Patrick Lining, you know, and who better to do that than a guy like Mitch Marner. And if you're trading Domi, you're taking $5 million off, which it's not a, it's not a whole lot, but I think would certainly help. And then you add on, you know, possibly trading Seth Jones, you free up a lot of cap space to make a move like that. And maybe you do a trade with Seth Jones to Toronto, who knows to get Mitch Martin. This is all hypothetical. You know, do not ask me, um, you know, I'm talk to jackets, the brief or CBJ uh, uh, objectively, you know, those two podcasts on the hockey podcast network, uh, they cover the Columbus blue jackets. You could tell them that I said this and you could ask for their opinion on it um, and kind of go from there. So with that being said, Max Domi is the first guy that I would that would I would suggest as a potential trade target for the Devils. Now the other guy is somebody that has been rumored with the Devils several times, and I think most of you know where I'm going with this. And if you're going to tune me out, I guess I get it. Um, you know, some people on Twitter, I'm not going to name names, but some people on Twitter tend to get pretty tired of me talking about the same players. But you know what? Number one, it's it's. My podcast, I can talk about what I want to talk about. And number two, come on, we got to get at least, you know, somewhat hopeful that the Devils can make moves like this. And the other one is basically Patrick Laine. Now, obviously, right winger, six foot five, 210 pounds, 23 years of age. 
Patrick Laine was rumored to be uh, a pretty good fit for the Devils last year before he got traded from Winnipeg. I remember several articles were talking about, you know, top five teams to that Patrick Laine could go to. The Devils were constantly one of those five teams. And Laine ended up getting traded um, early January from the uh, Winnipeg Jets to the Columbus Blue Jackets in exchange for a third round pick and also uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. And to be very honest with you, other than maybe Jack Roslovic early on, nobody seemed to really fit in in this trade. So does it – so – but that might be hard to say because you don't know what's going to happen moving forward. And also, I just want to say this. Most likely, the Blue Jackets are going to get a contract signed with Patrick Liney. At some point, Liney is going to want to be paid the, the money that he wants. I don't know what he's looking for at this point. But I do know that if the Devils wanted to get a high-priced, very young – scoring player who has a lot of NHL experience, this would be one of those guys, one of them. And again, we know about his attitude. We know about the fact that he basically does not play defense at all. But if you're talking about trying to add a top six scoring talent to help us take that next step, Patrick Laine would be one of those guys that would almost basically be a perfect fit from an on-ice perspective, not from a defensive perspective, an offensive on ice perspective. That's the way that I look at it. I'm trying to, you know, explain from there. This past year in 2021, he played in 46 games, 12 goals, 12 assists, 24 points. The fact that there are several Devils players that had more points than he did and also more goals tells you a lot about, you know, how he fit in with the Columbus Blue Jackets and also with his riffs with uh, John Tortorella. But maybe with a new coaching staff, and the Blue Jackets trying to do a couple things, you know, it might convince them. But if they do trade Seth Jones, what does that tell you about the future of the team? It doesn't really give you a whole lot of happiness, considering the fact that the Blue Jackets have lost some great talent like Artemi Panarin, Sergei Bobrovsky to a lesser extent, Matt Duchesne when they acquired him, um, you know, Ryan Dezingle as well. Uh, and now possibly losing Seth Jones, it's kind of like, is Columbus just not a good place uh, organization-wise to be? I would disagree with that because I think considering how they built the team and everything like that, I think it's a pretty good place to play. But again, I'm not a Blue Jackets fan and I don't cover the Blue Jackets, so it's harder for me to say. Uh, and if you are a Blue Jackets fan and listening to this episode, let me know on Twitter at Devil State or on Instagram at Devil State of Mind what your thoughts are about anything that I'm saying here uh, or whether you agree or disagree with any points that I'm making about the team. But again, going back to line A, 351 career games played, 150 goals, 121 assists for 271 points. That's a pretty good ratio from goal to assist. So this is a guy that can put up a lot of points. And we've seen him do a lot of damage in Winnipeg, and we know the type of player he can be. Uh, he was playing on a two-year bridge deal that he signed two years ago with the Jets, which was $13.5 million. All of it was guaranteed, and he was earning an average annual value of 6.75. And I remember two years ago when the Devils, again, were very much rumored. And I know Ray Shiro, the former GM of this team, he called the Jets several times about making a possible move for, a, for Patrick Line. Now, when it comes to Line, the difficult thing is this. He is not a UFA. He is an RFA. So that means that we would have to give up a pretty decent amount of compensation to acquire the rights to him. Unless we do a sign and trade, which actually I don't think it matters. We'd still have to, we'd still, we would still have to. I don't know 
how much we'd really have to give up. But I'm going to make a pretty decent guesstimate about it. And I'm going to look at it this way. Since the fact that they most likely would have to give him eight, nine million dollars, I would say that they have to give up probably two first round picks, a second and a third. Just going to be honest with you, from a compensation perspective, that's going to be what they're going to have to give. That right there could pretty much, you know, just push Tom Fitzgerald away from that and say that's too much compensation for for us when we're still trying to develop as a team and we need those draft picks. It might be too it might be too much. But if in fact the Devils decide to go along with it, I would have to say this: as much as I would not want to necessarily do this, you'd probably have to give up one, if not both, of the 2021 firsts. Uh, if you really wanted to, you know, try to keep the fourth overall pick, I would say you'd have to do the tw- 2021 first from the Islanders and your 2022 first round pick, a 2022 second round pick and a 2022 third round pick. Uh, and if you had to throw in a prospect for whatever reason, that prospect, in my opinion, would probably be like Nolan Foot, maybe. You know, he plays relatively the same position, plays on the wing. He plays, he's a right winger, but I'm sure he could play on the left uh, if you wanted to. But that would be more or less my mock trade slash like offer sheet, basically. And with regards to a deal, again, I would say you got to give him an eight, nine million dollar range. He's a goal scorer. He would come in here and be a guy that would be expected to score 30, 35, 40 goals and help us take that next level to being a scoring machine. That's the way I got to look at it. And that's the way I'm going to look at it. So that would be that. So Max Domi and Patrick Liney are the two potential trade targets when it comes to the Devils possibly looking at somebody from Columbus. Now, moving over to the Dallas Stars, way harder to figure out anybody. The only person, and this is so unrealistic, but when we talk about the rumor that came out last week when we were talking about Tom Fitzgerald, quote unquote, may be interested in moving the fourth overall pick for a young defenseman. This guy right here would be that very young, talented defenseman. That is the third overall pick in the 2017 NHL draft behind uh, Nico Heischer and Nolan Patrick. That is Miro Haskinen, six foot one, 190 pounds, 21 years of age. In 2021, playing in 55 games, he scored eight goals, 19 assists, 27 points. In his NHL career, Heiskanen has played in 205 games, 28 goals, 67 assists for 95 points. So he's five points away from his first 100 career points. Um, he is a restricted free agent. So again, we're going to be having to talk about an offer sheet and then giving up compensation. And we'll talk about that in just a second. But the last contract, which was his rookie deal, Mira Heiskanen had signed a three-year $10.275 million entry-level deal. Uh, he also got a $277,500 um, signing bonus and all of it was guaranteed and he was earning an annual average salary of $3.425 million. So I was looking around at what a, what Heiskanen's new, sorry, I was going to say Heiskanen, Heiskanen's new deal um, is going to be. And if you're a Dallas Stars fan, I'm also just going to tell you what I think most likely the Stars would offer him, but I also think what the Devils could offer in an offer sheet for Haskinen. To me, I think it's going to be between six and a half to seven and a half billion dollars for eight years, um, which I think, honestly, I think the Stars could could do because the Stars have more than $10 million at the moment of salary cap. So they, again, I think almost 99.9% chance that Haskinen 
signed that new deal in Dallas. But if there's a really crazy possibility that the Devils decide to throw an offer sheet out there, if he's really still a restricted free agent, and let's say Haskin decides he wants to sign that offer sheet and the and the Stars don't want to give him that for whatever reason, this is what I think the Devils would have to give up. They'd have to give up the fourth overall pick, which honestly, for a guy like Haskin, I wouldn't be upset about. Uh, and I'm going off of compensation because I was looking at before um, – I forgot what website I was looking on, but I looked up the actual, like what compensation you have to give up for how much money. Uh, and with regards to this contract, you have to give up a, a first round pick. So the fourth overall, you have to give up a second round pick, which I would give them the 2022 second round pick. And I'd also give them a third round pick. Cause again, you have to 2022 third round pick. And honestly, and truly, if they wanted a prospect again, I throw a known foot, um, but maybe it'd have to be a defensive prospect. Like, um, uh, like, you know, um, I'm trying to figure out, like, who would be a decent, um, probably like Graham Clark, I would say. Graham Clark uh, would be somebody like that, even though I really think, um, even though he's not a defensive prospect, but you'd have to look at it from that perspective. And I guess from a defensive prospect, Kevin Ball, maybe. I mean, I, I wouldn't make that move, but you never know. But again, just like with Liney, Restricted free agents. So you'd have to give up a, pre a pretty decent amount of compensation to acquire him. And this, to me, honestly, could be harder. Actually, it's about the same level of hard when it comes to, you know, Line A and also Haskinen. So, again, is this realistic? No. But is there always a possibility? There's always a possibility. If Wayne Gretzky can get traded, any of these guys could go somewhere else. So if, in fact, Haskin is available and they give him an offer and the Devils give him an offer sheet and the Stars don't want to want to uh, match it, the Devils just got a franchise defenseman um, that obviously they could have gotten in the draft, but they chose Nico, which is not a bad thing at all. Not a bad thing. So just understand that. Um, but hey, if you're getting if you're getting him, you're getting two of the top three picks in that draft, and you're getting a, a franchise defenseman with also the addition of Ty Smith. I think it would be great, and you know that every Devils fan would be pretty pumped to see that. And to give up the fourth overall pick, would you really be that mad for a guy that we know already? We know for a fact is a legit NHL defenseman who is not that much older than the majority of the draft pick defensemen in this year's draft. I mean. The what three four year difference? Not that much, and we know the Hastings can play. And what he did in the bubble last year with Dallas, helping them get to the final, phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And he's really good, particularly coming up, um, you know, as like almost like a fourth offensive, you know, forward. You know, the way Dallas plays, and that's kind of similar to how the Devils want to play. So it could work. And Hastings can also play very solid defense. So that's something to keep in mind. But yeah, he's really the only person I could see the Devils going for when it comes to a trade. It would be a sign and trade, basically, and then you have to give up compensation. So the only guy from the Stars is Miro Haskinen. So those are my potential trade targets from the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Dallas Stars. So as always, what do you guys think? Do you agree, disagree? You think I'm full of malarkey or anything like that? Let me know on Twitter at Devil State and also on Instagram at Devil State of Mind. I would love to hear what you guys have to say. What's going on, Devils fans? It's your host, Neil Villapiano. Thank you so much for checking out this edition of the Devils State of Mind podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get the most up-to-date news about your New Jersey Devils. 
If you want to check out more of the podcast, here's what you do. You go wherever you listen to podcasts. So that could be Spotify. That could be iTunes. That could be Google Podcasts. You know, wherever you listen to podcasts, you go and you search Devil's State of Mind and you will find the new episodes that we post every week on both Mondays and Thursdays. Please also go check out the Hockey Podcast Network as a whole. We have podcasts for all the teams in the NHL as well as other great hockey podcasts. So just like with Devil's State of Mind, just search Hockey Podcast Network and you can see all of the podcasts that we have on this great network. You can follow the Devil's State of Mind on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil State and you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Devil's State of Mind. Make sure to also follow the Hockey Podcast Network on all social media platforms. Just search at H-O-C-K-E-Y, Hockey, P-O-D, Pod, N-E-T, Net. If you want to listen to more of my voice, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Podcast, where I talk about all things going on in the wide world of sports. New episodes go out every Monday and Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Presents channel on YouTube, where just like the podcast, I talk about different topics that are going on in the world of sports as well. New videos go out every single Tuesday on YouTube. So it's spelled M-O-F-O-B-O Network Presents, and you will find it. Again, new videos out every Tuesday. You can stay up to date with all the new episodes and videos by following me on my personal Twitter at T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W, my personal Instagram at N-V-P-Q-B-11, and also Mofobo Network on Facebook. And last, but certainly not least, go check out both my books on Amazon and Barnes & Noble right now. The first is J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 The Agony and the Ecstasy, Nah, No Ecstasy, of Being a Jets Fan. This book is about all the pain and suffering of being a New York Jets fan. So from all the painful moves, painful games, painful player decisions, painful ownership decisions, you know, where, you know anything you can think of, it's in this book. So this is really for the Jets fan. So if you're a Jets fan, a football fan, if you know someone, one of those, or if you just want to support me, go check out that book. The other book that I just published recently is titled Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. This one is all about the regrets of being a Mets fan. And even through world championships in 1969 and 1986, there was so much regret between those years, between those years, as well as the years following 1986. Both of these books are available for both hardcover and ebook for the price of 1969. So if you're a Jets fan or a Mets fan, or by some chance you're both, you probably guessed why I chose that price. So again, please go check out both of those books. The first one, J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 The Pain and Suffering of Being a New York Jets Fan, and also Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. So once again, thank you guys so much for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. My name is Neil Piano, and we will see you in the next episode. 
everyone continue to be the amazing people that you are, you know, every single day, you know, always remember to just be yourself and continue to kick absolute butt. And one last thing, rock on. Woo!